to the Leo Roundtable Law Enforcement Talk Show. We're live from the Boss Hog Radio Studios in Plant City, Florida. My name is Chip DeBlock, and I'm your host. We're a group of law enforcement professionals that talk about today's news and issues, but we do it from a law enforcement perspective. And on the crew today, yes, we've got Captain Brett Bartlett from the Lando Lakes area. I sh- I sh- you like to be a little uh, clandestine there. Sorry about that, Brett. Now they know where you're at. But, yeah, in, in the Florida area. Also, uh, someone who needs no introduction, Lieutenant Randy Sutton, formerly with Las Vegas Metro Police Department. He's with the Wounded Blue. So thanks for being on the show, Randy, all the way from Las Vegas today. Appreciate it. Also, a shout-out to our sponsors. We have Motion DSP, AUFire.com, Galls, Gunler.com, BlueTheGold.com, MyMedicare.Live, and we're fueled by Monster and by Bang. Now, matter of fact, the Bang, this is the new Bang cans. I got Star Blast, it's a, uh, and it's a great drink. So thanks to Monster and Bang. Uh, for the fuel. Also, Brian Burns for the free press at TampaFP.com. Thanks for carrying our content. And Ray Dietrich, RedVoiceSpeedy.com. We're streaming the eight locations right now in addition to the live Boss Talk radio stations that we're going out to. And out of those eight live streams, three of those are Facebook pages belonging to the Red Voice Media. They've got about a million followers just on those three Facebook pages alone. So thanks to Ray Dietrich and Red Voice Media for helping make that happen. Uh, guys, we got a good lineup. I know I always say that. I just want to cover what, you know, over the weekend, you know, I've got some guys that, you know, they're fans of the show, and we've been doing this for years now, and so we've got a pretty good fan base. And so every once in a while, I get one of those emails. And so this email say, hey, Chip, here's a good site to uh, to um, to check out and to, uh, and to go and subscribe to. And so I go, it's on YouTube. So they, I already know that they're not going to be conservative law enforcement because if they are, they be, would they would attempt to get banned like us, right? So it is a, uh, it's one of these um, cop um, uh, investigators, you know, they want to go ahead and they want to, um, you know, cop block or whatever, you know, they just want to, um, they want to investigate cops and they want to, uh, you know, to expose corruption, all this kind of stuff. So I, I, I check out the site and this guy supposedly is a former cop, but he never says where he worked at or how long. There's no information that you can verify. So he's supposedly a cop, but it tells me. I suspect that he, if he ever was a cop, he got washed out of the system probably early on because he wasn't cut out for it. Um, so anyway, I write this guy back and I tell him, dude, I said, you know, why are you sending me? I said, I'm not going to support a site like that. And I give him the reasons why, like kind of like what I just mentioned. And um, the uh, guy writes me back and he goes, you know, and this kind of tells me where, where we're lacking, you know, on the show. Our goal is to educate the people that listen to our show that make you guys among the smartest in the room when we talk about, you know, the issues, you know, like uh, um, um, qualified immunity you know, things like this. Uh, but the guy responds back to me about um, Terry stops talking about well, why aren't, you know, the people with the money and the, and the high rises and people are, you know, they're not getting, they're not uh, having to get, go through Terry stops and get your know, stop and frisk is what he's referring to is stop and frisk. And the, uh, the answer is obvious is because they're not in locations of stuff where it would be justified. The cops don't have to fear about someone, you know, uh, maybe packing a weapon or getting ready to break the law and stuff, you know, and, uh, and then he wrote me back telling me that Terry versus Ohio and stop and frisk are totally different things. And, uh, I had to, I had to correct him on that. And just, you know, so I don't know if we need to do a better job of preaching to the twos, Brett, because, and that just means people, you know, some people have a harder time understanding or grasping on the, some of the concepts, you know, but I had to finally tell the guy, go and watch your, uh, your, your cop agitator, you know, site, if that's what, and get your information. But I don't want people thinking he's getting, a, getting that bad information from people like us, you know? So I don't know what the answer is, Brett. Um, you're an instructor and, and you're a teacher. Um, I'd like to think that we're doing God's work by, by educating people. Uh, but whenever you, when you try to teach the teacher, kind of, I don't know. 
Well, I instruct that guy to shut his mouth and come back when you know something about the job. That's my teaching point right there. <laughs> as you soon know, as he mentioned money and high rises, he lost his credibility. It's just, it's just yeah. police don't cause the problem. They are the last end and they don't even solve the problem. They intercede where the people say to go. You don't put patrol in a zone where there's no crime. Yeah, so we're not saying cops are perfect and that there's not injustices, but, you know, the system, for the most part, in my opinion, it works. We have stories occasionally where you'll have a bad cop, he gets caught, he gets weeded out of the system. Sometimes see, they revoke his uh, certification so he can't get a job anywhere else. Sometimes they go to jail if it's really bad, but the system predominantly works. And that's sure why we cover, we cover that yeah. on the show, right? Uh, Tim Buck says that guy has a man bun. That guy has a man bun, yeah. yeah. So, so look, uh, um, for our users that watch the show who get it and, and, and appreciate the content that, we, that we're dishing out, we thank you. Thank you for your support. And, uh, and uh, yeah, but this guy, you know, we, you know, I don't expect people that watch our show to watch cop agitators and be these guys are showing up at police stations. They're filming and trying to push the buttons of cops to get them to do something wrong or illegal so they can put it on TV or whatever, you know. It's just two totally different worlds, and, uh, and we're not supportive of that one. So. Um, so look, that said, I wanted to get that off my chest. So thank you. Uh, thank you for, you know, uh, enabling me to do that, Brett, uh, on police one, five keys to policing that you may not learn at the Academy. I thought it was a, uh, interesting article, you know, and, and, and we are trainers here. So training is the key theme repeatedly drilled into our heads from the first day of the Academy and beyond. And whatever the situation that ends up in the, on the six o'clock news, everything always comes back to training. And, uh, you, you know, I, 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 will almost always agree with that. Uh, if it's a bad situation, it's blamed on lack of training or the wrong type of training. And if someone cast a positive light on law enforcement, it was because of the extensive training the officer received. Now, without a doubt, the more training we get for encounters we face in our police careers, the better. However, our author here would like to point out five things that, that, the, in, that the academy or continuing education and in-service training cannot teach us. And these are traits that we either inherently possess or they're things that we will have to quickly learn on our own. So just quickly, common sense is the first one. How I mean, that goes pretty much everywhere in life, right? Number two, good instincts, very important police work. Three, mortality. And what he's talking about is the what we call, when I grew up, the John Wayne syndrome in law enforcement. Uh, number four, uh, being personable. And lastly, five, listening, the ability to listen. So there you have it. Um, what credibility do you give to the article? I mean, I think it, they're pretty much spot on. I wouldn't say that I would always agree with that um, scenario. And, you know, as far as training, you know, if it's good, it's good training. If it's bad, it's bad training. Uh, but for the most part, I think they're on the money, right? Well, it's, it's good, but you've got to, you've got to imbue the skills. Uh, the, 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 all the other stuff you're talking about came after the skills. If you don't teach the skills properly, you, you have nothing. Now, this whole part about being, uh, uh, the, the being, personable. I, I'd be a little careful with that. <laughs> well, and here's what I mean. Studies have shown, and I, it's been old years, the more friendly the cop, the more likely they are to be assaulted. I would rather the people respect me, not necessarily like me. The bad guys should absolutely live in abject fear of me. But I think being friendly can go way too far. 
It leads to it leads to improper relationships. It leads to false expectations. You know, when, when the people look at us, they should see a professional and they should be able to come up and talk to us. But we're not going to be their buddies. We're not going to be their buddies ever. All right. Randy, you agree? Uh, I, I enjoyed this article. I mean, it's it was pretty much a common sense article, um, but but I thought that it uh, I thought that it was it was uh, spot on. Um, I understand what Brent is saying when you, when you're talking about being overly friendly, and it's true that that studies have shown that that the cops that um, are more likely to to be seriously injured or killed in the line of duty are those who are overly friendly. That's absolutely true. Uh, but being personable. I don't know, but I think that word's a pretty good word. And there's no reason why we shouldn't be personable with people. Um, it, it goes a long way in creating positive relationships. So, uh, but but Brett's point is well taken. If you're if you are too kind, you have a, a much higher likelihood of being drawn in by the bad guy. And uh, and in fact, I think we're going to see a video a little bit later on that that may that may uh, um, have some gravity here. Yeah. And, you know, I, I don't think there's, I'm going to get any argument from you guys saying that, I mean, police work is not really cut out for everybody. Just like, you know, rock being a rocket science scientist or, or a doctor or an attorney, whatever, it's just not everyone's wheelhouse, but there are guys that the mistake, you know, the problem I've seen with social media and stuff is that everybody can weigh in on the stuff now, right? I mean, even, even our show, the social media aspects of our show, we're getting weigh-ins from people that it, it's they simply don't have the capacity to grasp everything that we talk about involving law enforcement doesn't mean that it's not an intellectual thing necessarily just some people just don't think that way and they just don't process information the way you need to when you do this line of work there are people that get washed out of the system in training and that's the and, and they should get washed out i mean wouldn't you much rather wash people out in training than have them get on the street and start doing stupid things or libelous things and then have to wash them out at that point so if you wash them out during training it, it you you're doing the job the way that the job is supposed to be done before they can do too much damage to get out there right i mean i know one buddy of mine brett uh when i was in the police academy, not that we made a lot of money back then but obviously the police academy i was making a lot more money than him uh when i when i got hired on so he wanted to become a police officer and he's about probably 200 pounds overweight to start off with. But he wanted to become up solely for the reason of a paycheck and the amount of money that he was going to get for doing the job. That's why he was interested in becoming a cop. And, and you know, we, we know immediately there's flags all over that. No, well, I sure didn't jump in it for the money, but I was glad to have the money I was getting. Yeah. It's more than I ever made. All right. Well, look, uh, good. Uh, we're going to move on. Like Randy suggested, we got some good stuff coming up. But look, stick with us. Commercial break. We'll be right back. All right. You know, Motion DSP, they've been supporting the law enforcement profession for over 15 years for the robust feed of video and audio redaction and enhancement software. The Motion DSP software is easy to use, requires no specialized training or expertise, and you can save valuable time with Spotlight's one-click automating tracking feature and forensic suite of enhancement filters to achieve results quickly in just three steps, import, process, and export. Now, Spotlight is built specifically for redaction, designed to work with video from any camera source, and using Motion DSP's object tracking technology, uh, you know, they, they automate the process of blurring faces and other identifiable information that saves users countless hours compared to manual frame-by-frame -frame redaction. And forensic enhancement software, that allows users to quickly process and analyze any video file format using patented super-resolution algorithms and enhancement filters to reveal an unseen level of detail. And you can actually get 
Presently valid evidence from just low-quality video in just minutes instead of hours. So you can learn more about all these products and all these capabilities by simply going to motiondsp.com. So, hey, AU Fire stands for Accuracy Under Fire. It's aufire.com. So AU Fire is actually the gold standard in tactical simulation. And for the first time ever, agencies and Leos can safely simulate being hit by gunfire, knives, or other objects in AU Fire's dynamic force-on-force scenarios. Ever wonder how your officers would react or wish you could train them in real-world situations, and now you can, all while improving their decision-making, return fire accuracy, and life preservation skills, thanks to aufire.com. Go to the website, watch the cool videos, learn about the product. It's amazing, aufire.com. Let's talk about Medicare insurance options. There's over 80 options in just Hillsborough County alone. Now, the benefits can change annually, so how do you know that you're getting the benefits for your specific health care needs? The answer is simple. Contact mymedicare.live or call area code 813-245-6656 especially if you're in the Tampa Bay area. Talk to James or Bobby, meet with them in person. They'll save you money on your medication co-pays, find plans that your doctors accept, and get more of the benefits that you qualify for. So again, mymedicare.live. All right, guys, welcome back to the Leo Roundtable Law Enforcement Talk Show. We're still live from the Boss Hog Radio Studios in Plant City, Florida. You know, I know we just finished talking about the main topic, and lo and behold, Dr. Travis Yates, yes, apparently he's watching the live stream, and he types in the, the FBI assault report and backs that up. Okay, an imbalance of friendliness can be dangerous, and we should, uh, what's to say, uh, we should, uh, what, chick, what's it, Chick-fil-A first, but convert to a Burger King if needed? <laughs> oh, did he really like that? That's pretty good, uh, Dr. Travis, so uh, wow. Yeah, he's a new addition to the show. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed him last week. There'll be more more coming up from the good old doctor soon, so. Yeah, um, welcome, Travis. Now, I want to add a little something our last conversation, Chip. I think you get, you adapt your personality tactically to the situation that you're in. Okay, I could get you're that. You're mean, you're friendly. But if you're constantly friendly and don't know anything else, that's a huge problem. You know, if you're doing an interview, uh, you have to be able to adapt. If you're dealing with a victim versus a suspect, you have to adapt your personality, be friendly or nice or, or difficult. But if, it, if all you know is friendly and that's how you would uh, uh, confront everything, that's where the problem comes in. So, so Brett, since I know that you and I did a lot of work in strip clubs, so where does that, where does that come in with that undercover war? See, I see Randy knows where I'm going with this and Randy might be able to answer this better than us, but, but Brett, take a stab at that. Um, well, I, I adapted my personality to be the victim. <laughs> I, I forgot who I was talking to for a minute. Chip, Randy. Chip, you don't know how I suffered coming home from the clubs and telling my wife, honey, just hold me. Just hold me. Uh, I just, just hold me, show me love and treat me like a human being. And I cried. I cried just a little. Oh, you, you got it. You got to love that. So, and then of course, uh, we've got, uh, Lisa on her stream says that Randy's cat needs its own Facebook page. She might be on something. <laughs> she might be on something, Randy. I, I was a little upset that you didn't introduce her. Um, when you introduced me, um, she was a little upset too. So she left and, and I'm scolding you now. Well, I, I didn't know what pronoun she was using today. She didn't get with me before showtime. So <laughs> that's my story. All right. So let's see what we uh, what we have coming up here next. Um, this is uh, one that I, I was holding for Randy um, on Police One. Shock waves of emotions after four current and former LASD employees died by suicide within a 24-hour span. Wow. That's, uh, that's pretty serious. So we're in Los Angeles. So the suicide deaths of four current and former Los Angeles Sheriff's Department employees over a 24-hour span have prompted a plea from the sheriff, Robert Luna, urging his deputies to check on the well-being of their colleagues and their friends. I mean, 
I mean, what do you do? You know, here's a quote saying, we are stunned to learn of these deaths, and it has sent shockwaves of emotions throughout the department as we try and cope with the loss of not just one, but four beloved, active, and retired members of our department family. Now, Luna, he was, he emailed the statement out. He said that during trying times like these, it's important for uh, personnel, regardless of rank and position, to check on the well-being of other colleagues and friends. And he doesn't mean just check. He means talk, see where people's minds and heads are at. Luna said that he had the deepest concern for his employees' well-being, adding that the department was urgently exploring avenues to reduce work stress factors to support their employees' work and personal lives. He said the department's homicide bureau would investigate the deaths. He said there's no indication that the deaths were related uh, to foul play. Uh, the department sources who spoke on the condition and anonymity because of this ongoing investigation said the third and fourth deaths were discovered as word of the earlier deaths were spreading through the agency. So just a, uh, a horrible story. Now, Randy, I know you and the, and the wounded blue are doing God's work related to this kind of issue. So um, what can you tell us? Yeah. So I was informed about this um, early on and uh, it, there were, there were three current sheriff's deputies and one commander who retired, who was a very high profile very well-respected um, member of the department. And um, we reached out to the department. I, I've got some pretty strong connections there. In fact, I was, um, I've got a, uh, an interview with the LA Times on Wednesday concerning this topic. You know, here's the thing. That, that, so there was four in one day. That's on top of four earlier this year. So that's eight members of one department who have committed suicide within this year. That's that's an astounding number. So somebody is, there's something going on at LASD or LASO that's not being addressed by the leadership. And uh, and, and so I, I, there's, there's always a failure in leadership when it comes down to things like this. Uh, I can tell you that my organization, The Wounded Blue, has reached out to uh, the Sheriff's Department, um, offering our assistance you know, uh, providing peer support for officers is critical. Helping them get into treatment is critical. That's what we do. Um, so far, my uh, efforts to uh, offer assistance have met with uh, silence from the uh, sheriff's department leadership. So um, that might be an indicator of, you know, something that that you know is is more systemic in that agency. Uh, so it, it's it's a I'll say one thing for what Luna said, and that is um, we need to be our brother's keepers when it comes down to emotional and mental health. And knowing when somebody is struggling, uh, sometimes you can't tell, but sometimes you can. And that's what uh, I, I tell you. One of the things that we see on the, at the Wounded Blue is we will get calls from someone's partner and saying, look, my partner's struggling. Can you please reach out to him? And that's the important thing. Reach out to the Wounded Blue. Um, 844-TWB-HERO is our hotline. And uh, we constantly reach out to officers um, because of referrals from other officers. Wow. That's, I mean, that's a great, so you're not, you're not, you're not burning anybody along the way either. Um, that's a great way that, it's a great way to handle that too. Well, every, every, everything we do is confidential. And see, here's the thing. Even departments that try to do it right with, with great peer programs, there's still such a huge distrust of the administrations that people, cops are afraid to come forward and ask for help. That's right. why an organization like mine 
is so critical. We are literally a resource for every police officer in America. Well, I, I hope people listening to the show that have ties with the uh, L.A. Uh, Sheriff's Department, guys, put pressure on that agency to return uh, the phone calls and the and the uh, and the uh, the reaching out from the wounded blue uh, to Randy Sutton. Please, I can, I, uh, let me. Let me uh, I'll add one thing after we come back. Okay. All right. Well, guys, uh, we're at the bottom of the hour, so look, we got some good stuff coming up. So stick with us. We got a commercial break. Um, hopefully, Brett will help me out with this one. We will be right back. All right, certainly by now, if you guys have been watching our show for any amount of time, you're familiar with the new Gauls at Gauls.com slash Leo. Now, they're the country's leading uniform, clothing, equipment, and gear provider for law enforcement, and they have a variety of offerings, everything from multi-tools and flashlights to duty boots and tactical gear. And as a famous person once said, they pretty much have everything for law enforcement except for guns and ammo. So if you haven't checked out the new Gauls, either check them out right away at Gauls.com slash Leo. Now, Captain Brett Bartlett, huge fan of Gauls. What's going on at Gauls this week, Brett? Here's what you do. Go to the top menu bar and click on deals and prepare to be amazed at how much stuff is on clearance and on deals. Uh, uh, ha have a cup of coffee. Um, and next thing you look up, it'll be nighttime. You go, where did that time just go? Oh, there's more stuff than you can almost imagine. Gauls.com slash Leo. And hey, if you need a good uniform program at your agency, same place, Gauls.com slash Leo. Check it out. And uh, hey, it's time for the holidays. Get those gift cards. All right, guys, welcome back to the Leo Roundtable Law Enforcement Talk Show. We're still live from the Boss Hog Radio Studios in Plant City, Florida. You know, you've got a little message there, Randy, from one of our streamers that uh, um, likes what you're doing. You know, with the if I get that music taken down, Jimmy, thank you. Uh, that likes what you're doing with the L.A. Uh, Sheriff's Department. So um, um, they're 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 feeling it for you, brother, and they want you to keep doing what you're doing. Well, you can bet on that. And I, I just sent you, uh, I texted you um, a an interview from Fox L.A. that uh, occurred last week after this was made public, and in it, there's a sheriff's deputy named Tanya Owen whose husband was murdered in the line of duty, also an L.A. County deputy a couple of years ago. And she went on to Fox L.A. and said by name, she said that the wounded blue saved her life, wow. that she was going to commit suicide until she got help from the wounded blue. So that shows you the power of what we do. You know, guys, I'll tell you, the people watching the show, look, everybody's got their abilities, their talents and stuff. Mine is... Look, I, I know that, look, that's why I partnered with, I guess the short of it is, that's why I partnered with Randy and the Wounded Blue, because they're doing something, have a passion for something um, that I don't necessarily have the capability of, and they're doing it much bigger and better and a larger scale than, than what I can. And, and so that's why it makes me want to support them, because they're, they are doing God's work, and, they're, and they're, they're passionate. It's a calling that they've got, and, and I, at least I'm smart enough to understand how important it really is. So, um, so yeah, I just like being able to say that we rub elbows with these guys and that we're helping them with the causes that they're doing. Um, I sleep better at night knowing that, um, I think Brett will back me up on that. You know, um, it's just, uh, it's just a great organization to be involved with. And look, um, I give monthly to the wounded blue. Um, I think that's very, very important. Um, it's important for me. Um, I'm hoping it's important to you guys, so that's why I really suggest you check them out at thewoundedblue.org. They've got a mechanism in place where you can, it doesn't have to be a lot, it can be five, ten, it could be a buck, you know, it could be 20 bucks a month, you know, but that monthly allows, allows them to make uh, financial decisions based on money that's coming in, and they can do more good for the law enforcement community. Um, anything you wanted to add, Randy, before we go into no, the you, 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 you said it very well. We really, 10, 20 bucks a month 
It's not even coffee money, but it sure can be a help to our injured and disabled officers. Okay, if you don't mind, I'd like to interject here for a second. Uh, if you would, please give out your information as to where people can get a hold of you, your phone number, your uh, uh, email address, so on and so forth. One more time, please. Well, I've had it on the screen, but you're right. The, the Wounded Blue at woundedblue.org is probably the best location, Rainy, for these people. Are people that are listening, I guess, audibly or podcast and radio listeners? Yes, absolutely. But if you want to contact me personally, you know, I know there's, there's uh, businesses out there that would like to sponsor some events or help out on a bigger way, you can contact me directly, randy at thewoundedblue.org. That's randy at thewoundedblue.org. Or if you're a police officer and you're struggling, you can contact me directly there as well, randy at thewoundedblue.org. Now, now, Randy, I want you to say that again. I know we've got a lot of females that are listening to the show that are scrambling <laughs> to find something to write with. So uh, if you can give that one more time for the, for the latecomers. Randy at thewoundedblue.org. And if, you haven't, and if you haven't seen our film, go to Amazon.com, put in the Wounded Blue. It'll blow you away. Now, now the only issue with that is if I go home and if Brett goes home and if our wives have got that email address scribbled out on the counter of the kitchen, then, we're, then you know, there could be an issue. But other than that, I think it's all good. So, uh, hey, Brett, did you, your mic's open. Did you want to – don't blow me off like I'm not – like you know, Yeah, you don't no, no. Yeah, hey, good for Randy if, if I come home and his address. Good for you, pal. Good for you. We'll talk. Uh, all right. Hey, so look, uh, it, we got six minutes, so let's let's get to one of our stories with a video component. So look, uh, there's, it's hard to find a good news story of the day that does not have a video component. So for our radio and podcast listeners, we'll describe in great detail what's going on so you guys don't feel like you're missing out on anything. Stay loyal to your radio show, to your radio station, your podcast, and and uh, look, we'll describe in great detail, like I said. Now, this live show, it's every Monday through Friday during the lunch hour, 12 to 1 o'clock Eastern time. But we take this live show and we produce it professionally by embedding all the videos that we talk about. We put pictures of the good guys and the bad guys. And that airs at 9 o'clock the next morning, Tuesday through Saturday, on our Rumble channel. Makes for an interesting way to watch the show. So if you want to check out that produced version starting 9 o'clock in the morning the following day on Rumble at Rumble.com, you can check that out. So at Rumble.com right now on our favorite law enforcement video channel called This Is Butter, we have a pleasant, I guess a pleasant prairie officer will not face charges when Jacob Albright killed himself in the back of a police car. Wow, I'm telling you, the, the video on this, it's it's incredible watching this go down. Uh, let me just get to the story. Pleasant, uh, Pleasant Prairie Police Department, you can't say that name fast for too many times. They released body camera and squad camera video on Wednesday from the day a man that was in handcuffs ended his life in the backseat of a police squad car. 
definitely not something you want to happen while while you're on duty. So we have three Pleasant Prairie police officers arrested and were transporting a 36-year-old named Jacob Albright to the Kenosha County Jail. This happened on July the 20th when our bad guy managed to shoot himself in the head. So the squad camera video, and it's in the car. It shows Albright, he had a gun in the backseat of the squad car. Officers uh, had initially searched him. Uh, They say, hey, look, we're going to detain you. That's what Officer Brandon Matt said to Albright, and it's all on body cam. Um, So he says he's going to detain you. Match arrested Albright at a Super 8 hotel in Pleasant Prairie. Uh, They said that um, someone said they saw Albright with a gun. And as a felon, he was a prohibited person, could not legally have a firearm. Well, apparently they never found the gun. So video shows Officer Matt escorting Albright outside in handcuffs. And after a brief struggle near the squad car, officers search our bad guy, and then they put him in the squad car. Now they say, hey, anything in your pockets or ask him? He goes, no, just my knife. And he is still in handcuffs, but the officers in the video seem to appear to reach, see him to appear to reach for something. Hey, if you got something in your pants, we need to know about it, is what the officer says. And do you have drugs on you, or do you have a gun in between your, your butt cheeks? And Albright, our bad guy, says he did not. But they get a gun call. No one, they don't find a gun, but they put him in the back seat handcuffed. So they said that they were going to search him again, but only after they drive him to the uh, jail, the intake portion of the jail. So video in the back seat that shows this guy while they're driving around, he's shifting around. He says his handcuffs are hurting his wrist. And um, so he's given some commentary, but he's obviously reaching for something. Sure enough, he pulls out a semi-automatic pistol. And then right when they pull up at the jail, he puts his finger on the trigger and fires one shot into his head. He dies at the scene. Boom. It's over. Wow. Um, You wouldn't want to be that guy. Uh, we got three minutes, guys, before our, our final commercial break. Uh, Brett, you want to start us off? You know, I saw the officer start dragging him out, and he goes, dude. And what he was thinking was, do you know how much paperwork there's going to be on this? That's what he really was thinking. Uh, and, and not that that's a – not that the – you know, the bad – he's still a bad guy. But, man, you should do a better job. Um, you just put so many people – what if he'd gotten inside the Sally Point with that guy? Who, who, you know, what could have happened at that point? Uh, somebody's head needs to roll, but criminal charges, absolutely not. Wow. Yeah. No, you're you're right. You're right. Um, scary stuff, Randy. No, I'm glad of no criminal charges, but uh, what this what this really demonstrated from all of the conversation that took place between the officers, they clearly felt in their minds that something was amiss here, but yet they didn't follow up on their own thought processes. And that's and and that proved fatal. They even talked about, hey, I think he's got something back there. They stopped the car and and search him again. You know, it's not that unusual for cops to miss something on an initial search. But damn, you owe it to yourself, to your partners, to be thorough when it comes down to searching a prisoner. And and I don't and I don't understand one other thing. How do you arrest a guy for possession of a firearm by your next felon and not have a firearm? Yeah. Just, uh, just saying. I, I don't I don't quite get it. So we got we got some commentary here. We've got Bill Van Rom saying that, hey, you don't want to be the guy that has to clean up the car. Okay, we get we get you. And then Bingo. Yeah, and then this is butter, you know, our favorite uh law enforcement video channel, which is where this came from. Uh that guy has tight butt cheeks with all that movement and the gun did not drop. Wow. That's a great observation. I don't know, even know that I, it would have clicked. So, uh, wow. This is butter is on it today uh, on the a game. 
Well, having go I go to the gym a lot, Chip, so I know how that could possibly happen once you get them bad boys, you know, worked up. Yeah, right. I've actually yeah. had the opportunity to see your butt cheeks, and uh, we we don't want to go there. You know, I would have gone any other direction but that. So thank you. <laughs> well, Jimmy apparently is on producer Jimmy's on his A game too. Apparently, so uh, all right. Uh, so I've got. Just enough time to whet your appetite on the next story, which also has a video component. So, yes, we're still at Rumble, still on This Is Butter. Body cam shows police shooting a man after he stabbed a Fresno store clerk, and he uses pepper spray on the cops. If you've ever wondered if there was justification for deadly force because someone's using pepper spray or OC pepper spray on you, guys, stay tuned. Watch this. We'll be right back. You know, no matter how much you know about guns and ammunition, there's that knowledge gap that leaves you confused and missing the complete picture. And GunLearn.com, they've taken the confusion out of learning. They've actually made it easy. GunLearn.com is the first and it's the only company that offers a step-by-step program that takes you from your present knowledge level, become a safe, accurate, and competent certified firearm specialist like our Captain Brett Bartlett here. Now, they provide citations from federal law and ATF rulings for every point to ensure accuracy. And their training is approved by major forensic organizations, by law enforcement agencies, and firearm manufacturers. Since 1996, they've taught everything that Leos, that's law enforcement officers, need to know about firearms and ammunition to all facets of law enforcement. Now, you can start today with online training, or you can register to attend a live seminar. And you can actually get free training for yourself and the personnel at your agency by hosting a seminar at no cost. So come aboard as one of the most firearm knowledgeable people in the world by joining the folks at GunLearn.com. So, hey. Struggling with the ins and outs of warrantless searches and seizures? And what about the liability of getting it wrong? Say hello to bluetogold.com. They translate search and seizure doctrines into clear, straightforward concepts that any officer can relate to. Plus, they give this training for absolutely free thanks to bluetogold.com's free weekly webinar. So see what this week's topic is about? Head over to bluetogold.com today. Join forces with thousands of your peers in blue and step up your legal game because, frankly, you and your agency cannot afford not to. bluetogold.com. Check it out. Back to the Leo Roundtable Law Enforcement Talk Show. We're still live to the Boss Hog Studios in Plant City. You know, so we left off, and I wet the appetite. We're at Rumble.com. This is Butter. Body cam shows police shooting a man after he stabs a Fresno store clerk, and then he uses the pepper spray on the cops. Now, you know, the difference between the uh, CS gas and pepper spray, you know, they both come in those little light mace canisters, but pepper spray, Man, you cannot open up. You can't even force your eyes open. At least with CS gas, you know, it affects your, it burns when you breathe. But you can still see and you can still talk. Pepper spray, it's a game changer. So it's very hard to defend yourself. So Fresno Police, they shoot a man. His name is Samuel Davidson Rowland, 45 years old. And they say that he stabbed a store clerk on Thursday before becoming aggressive with the police officer. So a stabbing was reported after midnight when a gas station clerk asked a man to leave the property. The guy who was described at about, uh, I guess he's about 44 years old, but of course he's actually 45. They say he's unhoused, uh, which I think is a, another way of saying he's a transient, homeless. Uh, he stabbed the clerk in the back uh, multiple times while inside the store. Ouch. And then he left the scene. So officers were able to track this guy down, and they were using a helicopter, and he 
is approached by police about a block away. So five officers encountered this guy, and they're giving him commands. And the guy sprayed at least two officers with pepper spray. And then he moves aggressively while holding a knife towards the officers. And two of them fired um, an unidentified number of rounds. But I'd say they were sufficient enough to stop our bad guy. So one of the officers had about four years with the Fresno uh, police. And the other one had about only 11 months. So the man was determined to be wielding a four-inch fixed-blade knife. And uh, that's illegal in that jurisdiction. The man also had been carrying three other knives. So they transported him to Community Regional Medical Center, and he went into surgery, and he was last listed in stable condition on Thursday. He had a criminal history that included domestic violence, to, and he's also believed to suffer from mental disorder. Wow. The store clerk also transported to a hospital, and he had serious injuries. No word on him yet. So that's what we have. Um, mental illness, the culprit again. Um, if we could just stop those mentally ill people to stop coming from Las Vegas and, and populating the rest of the country, Brett, we might be on to something. Yeah, but you can't. You can't. Um, <laughs> look, look at what we're looking on the screen right now. It all starts. Never, never mind. I'll start right there. <laughs> <laughs> so other than the gas being sprayed, this is a pretty pedestrian encounter. The guy had a knife. He, he refuses orders. But what I did here, I'm not sure who said it. Somebody was giving commands and somebody was was checking like one guy yelled, somebody yelled, watch out for crossfire. And it was over. Somebody yells, everybody okay, everybody settled down. So that was good. But, you know, everybody's screaming, everybody's shouting. One, only one person. And, again, you, you show me one incident where the bad guy listened to all these shouted commands. They don't work. All they do is get everybody jacked up. So designate one person to give commands. Everybody else, get ready, take your deep breath, and then shoot. All right. Thank you. Randy. So so I wonder what the taxpayer's bill is going to be on this one. We gotta we gotta start looking at, at, at marksmanship. Yeah, I mean if anyone ha I mean <laughs> look, we've always we've always talked about what happens if someone wants to, you know, spray well, not not so much us, but other people. We get a lot of questions about well, what happens if someone has a knife? Obviously, you know, lethal force situation. But what about you know pepper spray or CS gas? Can you know is there a reasonable expectation uh, that you could be seriously injured um, or, or 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 die because someone's using something on you? And then of course you've got the argument. You know, there, you always bring a, uh, a a gun to the table when you're involved in these situations because you've got one strapped to your side. So. Um, I got some background noise, Randy, over there too. So I don't know if there's a way to fix that or not. But any other any other uh, input on that, Brett? Or all right. So guys, the uh, look. I think it's fairly safe to say it's whatever a reasonable officer would do in that situation. And you don't have to be in fear of death. All you have to do, and I don't want to say minimize it, but you have to be in fear of death or serious bodily injury to yourself or somebody else. So I could articulate that if somebody is going to is going to spray me with CS gas or OC pepper spray. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use deadly force all day long because I'm not going to try to defend myself being blinded and have my gun taken away from me and used on myself and then somebody else. So uh, that said, we got about five minutes, so let's uh, let's jump through our next story then. Uh, Law Officer Akama, former Baltimore State's Attorney Marilyn uh, Mosby, found guilty on two counts of perjury? You've got to be kidding me. So Marilyn Mosby, the former Baltimore City State's Attorney, has been convicted finally Two counts of perjury. So the federal jury reached the verdict on Thursday, finding the former prosecutor guilty of perjury after she falsely claimed financial hardship during the COVID-19 pandemic in order to withdraw money from the city's retirement fund. And this is what federal prosecutors announced in the uh, New York Post 
Ouch. Wow. So she's getting a little bit of a, of a stink there. Mosby gained notoriety if she unsuccessfully tried to prosecute six Baltimore police officers. They called them the, the Baltimore Six. Remember that? After Freddie Gray died in the back of a police van back in 2015. A judge acquitted the first three officers during the trial, and charges were eventually dropped against the remaining three officers because she finally, you know, uh, got bright enough to figure out that she was going you know, down the, the wrong rabbit hole. So now the ex-prosecutor faces a maximum sentence of five years in prison for each of the two perjury counts that she's been found guilty of committing. Her sentencing has yet to happen, but it's coming. Uh, any commentary on that? How can you resist, Brett, not to com give commentary on that one, right? She is, she is the new definition of welfare queen. Ah, I like she that. Is, she has taken all this money, uh, uh, you know, uh, supposedly because she wasn't able to work. She pulled out of her pay. She's a welfare queen. It's all she is. She's a thief. She's a piece of crap thief. She's not even a, she's no higher than a, than a street thug thief. And what is really bad, although not surprising, she thought she could get away with it. Scary. All right. Well, look, there you have it, Randy. So this is sweet irony. Um, this is, <laughs> I was I, for that, Randy. I was, I was follow, I've been following this since the, since the beginning when they first were started starting the investigation, which has been going on for years, by the way. Um, and I, I, I guarantee you they won't send her to prison. I guarantee you they're going to give her probation or, and a fine or something. But here, the, 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 the sweet justice here is I remember her, up on the up on the uh, um, the, the steps, uh, and and just railing against the police and how this is our time we're gonna get justice, and she she's a miserable incompetent corrupt politician, and now she's getting she's not getting what she deserved because she really should go to prison. But Great. Um, it 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 really revealed who she truly is, and and Baltimore. What else needs to be said? Yeah. And you know what else? She has no sense of shame. There's, you know, we'd be hanging our head. We we would go off and, and just disappear. She has no shame. These people, they say this and then they do this and they don't see relate. There's no shame in it. They don't have a sense of shame. So, so listen to this guys. We'll close out on this one. So, wow, this is unbelievable. Lawofficer.com sheriff says can't make this stuff up as an agency tries to help target with retail theft. So we're in Sacramento County, California, which might explain where we're going with this. Sacramento County Sheriff's Office Sheriff Jim Cooper said that he can't make this stuff up. He's voicing frustrations after his agency was contacted and asked to help target the retail store with retail theft issues. So Sheriff Cooper uh, made comments Thursday on social media about the Sheriff's Office that they're solicited by Target to assist with ongoing shoplifting issues involving mostly known transients. The sheriff articulated the details. He said they're similar Frustration experienced by law enforcement nationwide. But he said, look, I can't make this stuff up. Recently, we tried to help Target. Our property crime detectives and sergeant were contacted numerous times by Target to help them with shoplifters, mostly who were known transients. We coordinated with them and set up an operation with detectives and our North uh, POP team. So at the briefing, we were told by their head of regional security that we could not contact suspects inside the store. We could not handcuff suspects in the store. And if we arrested someone, they wanted us to process them outside behind the store in the rain, in the rain. Yeah, amazingly, it, it occasionally rains in California, I guess. So we were told that they didn't want to create a scene inside the store where um, people would film it, put it on social media. They didn't want negative press. Unbelievable. And that's the words from the sheriff.
Uh, 36 seconds. Guys, commentary on that? I Go would ahead. tell my guys, don't ever respond there again. Yeah. And 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 I don't think anybody would blame you. Any, anything else, Randy? I know we're getting ready to give your segue into the Wounded Blue time, but uh, you can start off with the, this story or the Wounded Blue, whatever you want, Randy. I'm glad the sheriff came out and told everybody what, a, what a, uh, an imbecilic uh, response the target had. You know, it shows you the, the corporate insanity. And why shouldn't why shouldn't people go steal from these morons? Because they're incapable of defending themselves, and they won't even allow the police to police. So here, target, bafungul. All right. Well, the, now, the wounded blue. Now the wounded blue. <laughs> now the wounded blue. So uh, the wounded blue is the national assistance and support organization for injured and disabled law enforcement officers. We've helped more than fourteen thousand cops in the last five years, and we save lives. We really need your help. If you support law enforcement, go to thewoundedblue.org. Give ten bucks, twenty bucks a month, whatever you can do, or make a one-time donation. But we truly need your help. And if you're a cop and you're struggling, reach out to us. Eight four four. TWB Hero. Hey, perfect timing. Thank you, Randy. The Wounded Blue. Highly recommend them, guys. A shout out to our sponsors, Motion DSP, AUFire.com, GallsGunler.com, BlueTheGold.com, MyMedicare.Live, and uh, Bang and Monster. Thank you. Brian Burris for the free press at TampaFP.com, Ray Dietrich, RedVoiceMedia.com. Thanks for the support. See you guys tomorrow during the lunch hour. <laughs>